Hey there, future fans. Before we get into the episode, I want to talk about episode 111. That was the last episode that hit, and um, I was made aware by both Brian Q and Snarf Chris that there were issues with it. So I'm still seeing if I could recover the original file and if I can then upload that episode. So basically this week we will just be reiterating last week's question of the week since guess what? It got deleted. So I apologize for any confusion. I apologize for the less than professional quality of last week's episode. So without further ado, let us get into this week's episode. So here we go. Hey there, future fans. This week, SS stands for Super Soldier. Our hearts grow three sizes, and Spider-Man isn't the only one who spins a web. This is the week of November 9th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 112 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome. It is indeed a new episode. And about last week's episode, uh, Snarf Chris did tell me about the issue with it cutting out, and I never got around to it. So if you were listening and then going, what? What's going on? Why is it cutting out? Uh, I'm sorry about that. And um, I didn't notice anything in editing, so hopefully uh, it won't happen again. But this week, we have a we have a nice episode. We have uh, quite a bit of news, trailers, and movies. Uh, not as many in the wide release and interesting indie section as we normally do, but you know what? That's okay. We don't always need a bunch of great movies, or at least okay movies. We, we don't. So before we get into the show, let us start out with the housekeeping, as we always do. You're listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. I am Billiam. And on this show, I talk about movies. Quite a bit of movies, in fact. We always start out with the news any new movie news and any new trailers that caught my eye. Then I go over every movie that's coming out during the week, which are broken up into two categories. First is the limited releases, where I just tell you what it's about and who's in it, and maybe say a word or two. Then the wide releases and interesting indies, that's any wide release movie, of course, and any indie movies that I thought were worth talking about. In that segment, I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and I give my thoughts on it, and I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a 0 for the terrible films to an 11 for those films you just have to see. We wrap that all up with a question of the week. And then I send you along your way to listen to the rest of the great podcasts in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network and the Friends of the Show, the Watch Mouth Podcast. Because let's be honest, if you listen to my show, you probably listen to at least one of the others, if not all of them. And how do you listen to this show? You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. You can find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can also leave a comment for me. You can comment on SoundCloud, on the Facebook page, on our website. I'd also appreciate it if you give my podcast a rating. I would love five stars. And then just tell me what you think in the comments. Tell me what you think I'm doing right. Uh, tell me if you have any suggestions. Give them to me there. I would love to hear it. You can also hit me up through email, billiamreviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at billiamswn and leave a comment for me on the Summonary website, Facebook page, SoundCloud, 
all that good stuff. Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, you know I try not to talk about uh, my political beliefs, so I think it's kind of obvious where I lie just on comments I've made, but I, I, I try not to make a part of the show. So let me just say, I hope you voted. And if you live in America, I hope you voted this Tuesday. Because voting gives you the most important power a person could have. That is a power of complaint. That's right. If you don't vote, you don't get to complain because you don't, you haven't earned the right to complain because you, you, you could have had a say and you chose not to. Do you not like President Trump? If you didn't vote, you can't say shit. I'm sorry, you can't. Unless, of course, you're too young, then you get a freebie. But that's right, ladies and gentlemen, complaining, the best right given to us as Americans. Well, let us start off with the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Did y'all read the supposedly real and quite odd titles for the Avatar sequels? Well, if you haven't, here you go. They are in order as follows. Avatar, the Way of Water. Avatar, the Seed Bearer. Avatar, the Tolkien Writer and Avatar, The Quest for Ewa. Are these titles real? Well, we don't know yet. BBC News claims that they are real, but Fox and Lightstorm Entertainment, Lightstorm Entertainment being James Cameron's production company, neither confirmed nor denied that these odd titles were real or not. A lot of people on Twitter are angry about this, but of course, what's new? There's so many people on Twitter that you could announce a new flavor of Slurpee and someone would be outraged. It's the internet. People get mad about stupid shit. Either way, we're still getting an Avatar franchise, but just like last time I brought this up, I ask, is it too late? Will anyone even care? Will the next Avatar come out and it'll do so poorly that all the others are canceled? Because it's been so long since the last movie. I am a com almost a completely different person from when that last movie came out. When the first Avatar movie came out, I didn't even know my wife yet. We, we hadn't even met. The podcast hadn't been started. So just take a moment and think, how long ago was it since the first Avatar movie came out? Do you even care? And also, can they make it good enough that you would care? That's a, that's the question. That's what I, I hope we'll find out that the answer is yes to that, because I would like a, a new awesome series. I really would. So the internet, we're talking about that again, is all abuzz that Sebastian Stan spoiled something for Avengers 4. The biggest surprise to me is that it wasn't Tom Holland who spoiled it instead. This isn't really a spoiler, okay? If you have any common sense, or if you've read the comics, it's not a spoiler. But just in case, just in case you're super sensitive about it, you can skip this part. Just, I don't know how long it's gonna be. Just like maybe three minutes, jump forward three minutes. I promise you I won't talk longer than three minutes on that. So here we go, last chance to fast forward and done. In an interview, Sebastian Stan talked about the film or a part in the film where everyone was there and how hard it was to film with all of the schedules. But he named a few people that we know were turned to dust in the end of the last movie. So why don't I consider this a spoiler? Because no sh these characters are coming back. They're not gonna stay dead. Are you fing kidding me? Did you really think they're gonna keep all these people dead? If that was somehow a spoiler for you, then get with it. Good God. Also, look at it this way Spider Man was one of the people who poofed. All right. Most of the Guardians of the Galaxies poofed. And they're planning another Spider Man movie and another Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Okay. That's how you should know people are coming back. Black fing Panther poofed. 
okay? And they're not going to let one of their new biggest stars just go. But yes, people are all abuzz about this fact that basically Sebastian Stan told us what we all should have known. What would be a spoiler, though? What would have been a spoiler is if he said who dies in this one, because you know someone is going to die. So we already know, we already know that Chris Evans is not going to return as Captain America, but that doesn't necessarily mean he dies. So here's something I think is going to happen that Anne and I have talked about, and I agree with what the, the conclusion we came with. We're thinking that maybe Cap is going to die because we know, because he said it in the last movie, that Thanos and Iron Man have have a connection. They are connected because they both held the same stone. So Iron Man, who's always had this thing of, you know, he needs to, they have responsibility to the people. He's going to try and sacrifice himself to save everyone. And I think Cap's going to come up and go, nope, you can't do that because Piper's pregnant. Bap, smacks Tony, takes over and dies. That's what I think is going to happen. And no, ladies and gentlemen, that's not a spoiler because I have no proof that's what's going to happen. It's just what, it's just what I think. It's the next logical step. So anyway, in wizarding news, it's been confirmed that a young Minerva McGonagall will be in the Fantastic Beasts sequel. So this will be the second Harry Potter character we're going to see in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Will there be more coming? Of course there will. How could there not be? But we'll find out if Dumbledore and McGonagall are the only ones or not when, it when the crimes of Grindelwald come out November 16th. The cast for DC's Birds of Prey movie is getting fleshed out even more. We already knew that Margot Robbie was going to be in it, reprising her role as Harley Quinn, but we have other names. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is going to be playing Huntress. Journey Smollett-Bell from Friday Night Lights is going to play Black Canary. Rosie Perez is Renee Montoya. And, and Ewan McGregor, God bless that handsome man, is going to play the villain Black Mask. And finally in the news, there have been some rumblings about a sequel to A Quiet Place. Both John Krasinski and Emily Blunt have talked to Entertainment Weekly about their vision for a sequel. Krasinski originally wasn't interested in doing a second one, but he just may have changed his mind. He said that he'd be interested in continuing to follow the Abbott family and also learning more about the rules of this new world and how it came to be. Emily Blunt said she'd be interested in learning about the family before the events of the first film, but admitted that people would want to see what happens after. So Krasinski and Blunt aren't officially on board for a sequel, but we'll see where that goes. I really think they would be stupid not to bring them on. And that is it for the news, ladies and gentlemen. My future fans, let us step into your favorite segment with your favorite intro music, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. Alright, who doesn't love an animated movie with a clever idea, right? I'm a huge fan of a well-done animated film with a plot that hasn't been done before, or at least one that takes an idea we've seen and doctors it up so it feels original. Hell, if you make it entertaining enough, I'll even take a rehashed idea. But what about Spies in Disguise? Is there such a thing as too wacky? Well, if you haven't seen the trailer, this is about a top spy who gets turned into a pigeon by a scientist at his agency. The reasoning behind this? Pigeons are everywhere and people ignore them. So why would anyone suspect a pigeon to be a spy? Sure, okay. The animation looks good and it looks funny despite the odd idea. So you know what? I'll give it a try. This features the voices of Will Smith, Karen Gillan, Tom Holland, Rashida Jones, Masi Oka, and of all people, DJ Khalid. I swear to God, if somewhere in the movie he says, we make the best music, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna walk out. This film comes out September 19th, 2019.
We have a first look at Isn't It Romantic, a new take on the rom-com starring Rebel Wilson, Liam Hemsworth, and Adam Devine. In this movie, Wilson plays a woman who hates rom-coms, but one day gets a hard knock on the head, and after she wakes up, her whole life is a romantic comedy. There's dancing, the hottest men are looking at her, and something always stops her from swearing. So along with her new gay best friend provided by the rom-com, she must find true love if she hopes to get her life back to normal. And there's actually a bit of news around this movie, so I'll talk about it now, and a bit of stupid news, if I may be honest. When Wilson was on Ellen, she said that she was the first plus-size woman to star in a romantic comedy movie. The internet was quick to jump on her and remind her that Queen Latifah had starred in a couple. In Wilson's defense, Last Holiday and Just Right are easily forgettable. Latifah has done much better work. But instead of just admitting she was wrong or saying that, I'm sorry, I forgot, she tried to defend herself, claiming that the movies were not rom-coms and Queen Latifah may not have been, quote, plus-sized while filming them. Queen Latifah has always been plus size, as far as I know. Uh, maybe not as plus size as Wilson. Wilson is definitely bigger. But still, she's always been plus size. Also, about her movies not being rom-coms, well, that's up to your interpretation. IMDb classes Last Holiday as just a comedy, while Wikipedia, which is never wrong, says that it is a romantic dramedy. So that part is arguable, too. But either way, Wilson should have just admitted she was wrong and shut the hell up, and the internet shouldn't take it so hard. There are basically people shaming her saying hey you know don't don't shit on what other women have done or what big women have done it's like it's not that big of a deal but of course anyone complaining about this they're they're just the hyper offended types who always search for something to be angry about so this little snafu isn't going to affect the movie at all this movie comes out valentine's day 2019 and do you remember the new tyler perry medea movie i was talking about last week well we have a trailer now and it looks okay I guess we learned two things in this trailer. The first is that Medea isn't the one who's dead. And second is that it's a full on Medea comedy. So we won't be shoehorned into some weak, unoriginal plot. Because you know how Tyler Perry loves to do that. Just have some really bad romantic story that he tries to doctor up somehow and just shoehorns Medea into every plot. You know, the other good news is that this is a Medea film, so you know if you're going to watch it or not. You already know. So there we go. When this comes out on March 1st, all I have to say is, okay, this movie's coming out, and you've probably already made up your mind. We have two new trailers, uh, one for Ralph Breaks the Internet and the other for Aquaman, but there's nothing new in the Ralph one, so there's no need to go out and search for it. It's just all the same scenes in just different orders. And the Aquaman trailer had a couple of new scenes, but nothing impressive. And so that one is skippable, too. These movies still look good, but the new trailers did nothing to change that. It didn't get me more hyped at all, and it didn't do anything to make me think it's not going to be good. And finally in the trove, we have a trailer for a Christmas movie whose timing makes a bit more sense. This film is called The Christmas Chronicles, and it's a Netflix original film with Kurt Russell as Santa. A kid sets up a camera to capture proof of Santa... And then her and her naysaying brother get dragged along for the ride when she gets the proof and the two stow away on Santa's sleigh, causing it to crash. So Santa needs their help to save Christmas. This comes out on the 22nd, and even though it's still not in December, it at least is closer than The Nutcracker and The Grinch. And it's on Netflix, so you can watch it anytime you want. Do you want to watch on Christmas Day? You can watch on Christmas Day. Christmas Eve? Sure thing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for The Trove. Let us step into our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Stay tuned. 
Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day -day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, we are back with the limited releases. We have we have a few. One, two, three, four, five, six. We have six limited releases and one, two, three, four, five wide releases. So let's just get on with it. We have the first film in the limited section, which is called Les Bomb. A closeted woman brings her girlfriend home for Thanksgiving, only to have her coming out efforts thwarted by the unexpected arrival of her male roommate. Why does that matter? Because her whole family assumes the male roommate is her boyfriend. The stars Kevin Pollack from The Usual Suspects, Brandon Michael Hall from God Friended Me, Steve Gutenberg from Police Academy, Bruce Dern from The Burbs, and Cloris Leachman from Young Frankenstein. Next up this week, we have a film called Postcards from London. Jim believes there's more to life than what he has at home, so he moves to London. While searching for work, he discovers a life of rent boys, male prostitutes aimed towards men. But he learns that he'd much rather be a muse for art because that's a job. He also learns that he has Stendhal Syndrome, where people get dizzy or faint when exposed to amazing art. Yes, that, that's actually a thing. I looked it up. This stars Harris Dickinson from The Darkest Minds. All right, if this movie was just about this this kid who, a kid, that sounds gross. If it's about this young man who becomes a male prostitute, that'd be one thing. But then he thinks he'd much rather be a muse. Like you can actually, like that's an actual f***ing job you can get. Like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I exist and people are inspired by me. Oh, go f*** yourself. That's not a job. And then not only does he want to be a muse for art, but then he faints when he sees art that moves him. It, it, this movie's just so weird. Let's move on. Let's move on to a film called The New Romantic. Frustrated with the lack of chivalrous guys her own age, a college senior gives up on dating for love to date older men in exchange for gifts instead. So, just like the just like Jim in the last movie, she's a whore. This stars Jessica Barden from The End of the F***ing World and Haley Law from Riverdale. What made me laugh about this trailer is that she makes a point of saying, I am not a prostitute. Um, she's a, oh, what you call it? A sugar baby. But let's, let's look at the dictionary definition of prostitution. So the practice or occupation of gate and engaging in sexual activity with someone for payment. So that does not mean money payment. So she has sex with this older man and he gives her stuff. Sounds like being a prostitute to me. And if she's not a prostitute, then Jim in Postcards from London is not a prostitute. Anyway, let, let's move on. Uh, the next movie this week is called River Runs Red. When the son of a successful judge is killed by two police officers and the system lets them free, a veteran detective finds some incriminating files on the officers and the judge teams up with another mourning father to take the law in his own hands. This stars Tay Diggs from Rent, John Cusack from 1408, George Lopez from The George Lopez Show, and Luke Hemsworth from Westworld. So we basically just have another revenge movie. This, this one could be good, but the trailer just didn't make me believe it would be worth it. Next up this week is El Angel, or El Angel, or The Angel, depending on how you want to look at it. Carlitos is a 17-year-old who has always coveted other people's things and never had much love for the rules. 
One day he meets Ramon, who brings him into his life of crime and murder. Carlitos is dubbed the Angel of Death by the press. It's believed he committed more than 40 thefts and 11 homicides. Today, after more than 40 years in jail, he is believed to be the longest serving prisoner in the history of Argentina. This is his story. So basically, we have a movie about the world's most horrible person. And finally, we have a documentary called Narcissister, Organ Player. This is a documentary about Narcissister, the erotic performance artist known for her masks and lack of inhibitions. So basically, she's a cam girl and porn star who just classifies it as art. Okay, that sounded wrong. Who, who am I to judge? Because art is basically whatever the f*** you want it to be. Just because I have no interest in her art and I think it's weird doesn't mean that maybe, I don't know, you're like, oh yeah, Narcissister, I know her. Her freaky Barbie masks really give me a chubby. I don't know your life. Uh, but if you know who this is or you give a sh that documentary is coming out this week. Well, let us take a break as we listen to a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, everyone, we are back. We're back with the wide releases and interesting indies and um, slim pickings this week. Slim pickings. I, I mean, the top three movies, I do want to see all of them. Actually, I, I think I want to see all of these movies, but just, I don't know. I, I just feel that we're, that Hollywood's preparing for Fantastic Beasts and these bigger movies come out. So they're just like, no, let's stop. Let's not, let's not put our movies out now because we'll just get decimated when the Harry Potter movie comes out. Anyway, let's start off with a movie called Time Freak. Physics prodigy Stillman is destined for great things, only to be derailed when his girlfriend Debbie dumps him. So he does what any normal person would do. He invents a time machine to go back in time and do everything over again, but better. This stars Asa Butterfield from Ender's Game, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones, and Skylar Gizondo from Santa Clarita Diet. So you know what's weird for me about this movie is realizing that even though I love Asa Butterfield, he is a great actor. What really sold me on this and wanting to watch it one day was Skylar Gizondo from Santa Clarita Diet. I love the show. My wife and I love it. We can't wait for the next season. It's that show with Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant who play this married couple. And Drew Barrymore gets some disease from some Chinese food or something and she becomes a zombie. And it's about like how her and her daughter and their next door neighbor their next door neighbor's kid gets involved because the next door neighbor's kid is like some huge geek who like knows a lot about this stuff. And that's who Skylar Gizondo plays is Eric, the next door neighbor who is amazing. Like he works with the cast so well. If you haven't watched his show, I know I, I know I mention this every time the show comes up, but you should watch this. Drew Barrymore, Timothy Oliphant, Liv Hewson, and Skylar Gizondo can, could teach lessons on comedic timing. It is so amazing. The, even with, even with such a great cast, the show could, could have been a flop if they didn't get their timing so well and their characters are amazing. So that's what sold me on Time Freak because let's face it, it's kind of a goofy idea. It feels like some 80s movie, like a weird science kind of shit 
which was fine for the 80s, but now we just kind of, the time for movies like that has passed, kind of. I, I get that feeling that we will still go back and watch those movies, those uh, Weird Science, My High School Science Project, and, and movies like that, and go, yeah, I love this movie, this was great, but if a new one comes out, we just kind of scoff. And I feel like this could have been one of those plots, especially because there are similar movies that have been better, but... I think this is going to be funny. Uh, Asa Butterfield is a great actor. I'd love to see him doing straight up comedy. Uh, Skylar Gazzando, as I said, amazing in comedy. Sophie Turner, it looks like we found another type of role she can do. So it's two. Two so far. She can play Sansa on Game of Thrones. And now she can play just a regular teenage girl. And I know I give her a hard time. But that's just because she's god awful as Jean Grey. Like seriously, she is horrible. But I like her in Game of Thrones, and she looks fine in this. So I just think she needs to pick her types of roles better. And I really think she was picked for X-Men just because of her name. And the fact that she has red hair. Or, I don't think she's a natural redhead, it's just dyed red a lot for the show, but whatever. Uh, but no, this is not the type of movie you go to the theaters to watch. You go home, and one day after work, you're like, I just want to watch something new and different and then you see this on a streaming service and you're like, yes, sure, why not? And you watch it, you laugh. It, it may not be the best movie you've ever watched, but it's a little enjoyable. That's what this film is. So Time Freak gets a 6.5 out of 11. Uh, next up is a movie I'm just going to talk about very briefly because I talked about this before. If you don't remember, this movie is called Burning. It's a, it's a movie based on a short story by Haruki Murakami, and it stars Steven Yeun from Walking Dead. It's getting a slightly bigger release. Uh, so it's still not going to be a wide release, but it's just going to be released in more theaters than it was originally. So I guess, I guess originally it was just like five or six originally, but now it's just a wider release. So if you were interested in that movie, your chances of seeing it are now bigger. I would have talked more about the movie, but it's been... It hasn't been that long since I talked about it the first time, so let's just get on with the next movie, which is a perfect film for the Thanksgiving season, and that's called The Grinch. And you know what? I'm going to skip the premise. You should know it. Everyone should know the premise to The Grinch. You should have seen some version of this. Hopefully you saw the original, and then you saw the the live-action version with... with um with Jim Carrey. This is a classic story, but this time it's animated, or it's animated again. This features the voices of Benedict Cumberbatch, Rashida Jones, Angela Lansbury, Kenan Thompson, and Pharrell Williams. This is really the wrong time for this movie. I know I said this last week about Nutcracker, but th this one is, is super bad timing. It should have been early December just because there are no other children's movies coming out between now and okay well there's the ralph breaks the internet okay, i'm looking at the movies we also have we have spider-man into the spider-verse but i'm not sure if i call that a kid's movie per se that's a that's a young adult and then december 21st we have the big ones aquaman bumblebee mary poppins returns but do you notice what i didn't mention i didn't mention any christmas movies and this movie would have the benefit of being a seasonal movie and a movie acceptable for all ages because you know that there are tons of families out there who on Christmas go to see a movie. If I remember right, Dan from the Watch Your Mouth podcast does that. Uh, my friend Nick and his family do that. But of course, they do a lot of weird family stuff together. But that would have been the perfect movie for the season. They could have killed. But no, they're doing it. They're doing it in early November because why not? And you know what? I, I do want to see this movie. I really do. I love The Grinch. It's one of my favorite Christmas stories. Uh, the original the original animated film is one of my favorite Christmas movies. But do I want to watch it in November? No, I don't. This is a classic case of the right movie at the wrong time. The Grinch gets an 8 out of 11. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have two movies left this week, and the next movie is called The Girl in the Spider's Web. Lisbeth Salander is known for hunting men who hurt women. She finds herself caught up in a web laid out by a specter from her past. This stars Claire Foy from The Crown, Severe Goodnison from Borg vs. McEnroe, Sylvia Hooks from Blade Runner 2049, Lakeith Stanfield from Get Out, Stephen Merchant from Logan, and Vicky Kripes from Thread. And I will say what I said when I talked about this movie in the trailer trove. I'm so glad that they're just getting on with the series, that they're just, just doing the second one instead of making another remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. True, the entire cast is different, but if they did a third remake, that it would have been too much and I would have skipped it entirely. But this, they just acknowledge it. Yeah, that previous movie happened. Uh, the story is still, it's still canon because these are all based off the books by um, Stieg Larsson. Yep, just Google that it. it is Stieg Larsson. And so this this is a series of books. And so they just decided, you know what? We already have two versions of the first one. Let's just go ahead with the second one. And I think that was a correct choice because it doesn't matter that a new actress is taking on this character. This is a this is an already established character. So we should be familiar with it. We shouldn't have to get to know the character again, because even if Claire Foy puts her own special spin on it, it, at the end of the day, it should still be Elizabeth Salander. Oh, while this movie looks good, I would only recommend it to people who were a big fan of the first one. That, that's really it. If you're not a big fan of the first one, I would wait. I'd wait for this to come out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming. And then I would marathon it. I would get the first one and pick whichever version of the first one you want. It doesn't matter. And then get, watch this one. Because I, I kind of compare this to The Snowman. You know, that movie with... um. Michael Fassbender, based on the Joe Nesbo book, it famously didn't do well. It was kind of a flop, but still, even if you're still interested in that, it wasn't the type of movie you needed to see in theaters. There's nothing about the Nordic noir genre that goes, yes, watch this in theaters, this will be epic. I do think this will be a good movie. I think it'll be entertaining. But if you see anything in the theaters this week, either make it the next movie or even watching The Grinch, I think would be a better choice just to get you pumped for the Christmas season. The Girl in the Spiderweb, if you're really down with it, check it out. If not, wait for it to watch at home. The Girl in the Spider's Web gets a 7 out of 11. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the pick of the week. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if no one could guess this one, of course, without looking it up, just because I forgot this was coming out too. I forgot this was even going to be a movie because I actually haven't seen a trailer for it in a while. That movie is called Overlord. This is about a team of American soldiers who are stuck behind em enemy lines on D-Day and discover a Nazi plot to turn their soldiers into immortal super soldiers. This stars Jovan Adepo from Fences, Wyatt Russell from 22 Jump Street, Pilo Aspek from Ben-Hur, John Magaro from Carol, and Ian de Kistecker, I think that's how you say it, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And have you ever seen the trailer for this? Uh, because it starts out looking like a World War II drama. And to that, I say, yes, f yeah, I like World War II dramas. And then as a movie or the trailer goes on, you see the Nazis experimenting with things and you find out they are trying to turn their their soldiers into immortal super soldiers. So then it has this fantasy aspect about it. So these group of soldiers who are stuck behind enemy lines have to save the day. They were paratroopers going to be dropped into a certain part of France on D-Day, but then their plane gets shot down. And so that's how they stumble upon this and they have to do something. And you know what? I think this movie is just odd enough to be cool. And also it's based on some, some fact, isn't it? There are a lot of rumors. There are a lot of people out there who swear that Hitler 
was really into a lot of this occult stuff. Whether or not he really was, and whether or not they actually tried to do any occult stuff, that, okay, we'll leave that up to the historians. That is not, I, I don't want to comment on that. But it's just something that there's enough rumblings about for this to be a really cool idea and something that could be very, very loosely based on a true story. No, I don't think they they got their plan to fruition. I don't think they came up with an immortal army because guess what? They lost. But who knows? Who knows what kind of secret sh** the Nazis were doing and when they're experimenting on people. But this movie has the benefit of having Nazis in it. Why is that a benefit? Because we have a bad guy we can just up and hate. Like I've said before, there are very few people that we can just unanimously hate in a movie. And one of those types of people is or are Nazis. So in this movie, we have clear bad guys, clear good guys. And what what else can you ask for? OK, you can ask for a lot. You can ask for a lot more. But this this is an interesting story and it looks like it could be fun. And it looks like there's just enough big explosions and fancy looking stuff to make it worth a theater trip should you want to. Though this week also is another one where there's nothing you really need to see. I mean, if The Grinch was coming out more towards Christmas, I would have that be the pick. But this movie is just the best looking one in my opinion. Best looking one as, as far as quality and enjoyment goes. Because I think The Girl in the Spider's Web looks like a better movie, but this one just looks more enjoyable. So if you really need to see a movie this week, this is my pick. This is the one you should see. If you don't, then skip this and watch it at home. Overlord gets an 8 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the movie. So let us take a break and listen to the last word we have from our friends. And that is from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. So please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. We are back, everyone, with a segment that I hope stays in the episode this week. Woo! Let, let's hope nothing happens. Knock on wood. Or at least knock on, you know, composite wood or whatever it is Ikea has. Well, last week, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we had issues and I, frankly, I don't know what happened. So once again, I apologize for that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to pretend like this is last week. I'm going to read the answers for the question of the week from, from uh, before Halloween. And then I'm going to reiterate the new question, which would, the, the new question would have made more sense for last week, but I'll make sure I explain it again. But let's get on with it. The question of the week that we are now answering this week is what movie or what movie franchise would you like to see a 
novelization of. So if you don't know, sometimes there is a novelization that accompanies movies. And in those novelizations, sometimes the story gets the story gets uh, fleshed out a little more. We get to learn more. There are more scenes in the book than in the movie. Sometimes, maybe since a huge explosion scene uh, isn't that great written down, they have a little more room to fill, you know, so they, they dive a little deeper into the characters. So my question was, which which movie would you like a novelization of? So remember, this is not a sequel. This just gives you the same story, but dives deeper into that story. So let's start with the answer we got from Frat Matt. Frat Matt said The Matrix. And that is a really good answer. I know I always say they're good answers. And, you know, that's because I'm being true. You guys do have good answers. But this one, I, I really like just because how much did we know about Cypher, Tank, Apoc, Mouse, and Switch, and Dozer, especially because most of them died. I think the only people who survived were Neo, Morpheus, Trinity, Agent Smith, of course. Um, if I remember right, Dozer died and Tank lived, but then again, we, we never saw Tank again, did, did we? I, I don't remember, it's been too long, but we have all these characters we never, we never got to know that well. The only reason we're supposed to feel bad when they died is because they're main characters. They're the good guys. So we're supposed to go, oh, no, a good person died. Let's uh, let's be sad about this. But not only that, I would like to know a lot more about Cypher, about Joe Pantliano's character. And I want to know what his moment was, what it really was. Is it what he said in the movie where he's tired of looking for this chosen one and he just wants to go back into the Matrix and just forget? He doesn't care if he's being used as a battery. He, he just wants to live his life and die like normal and happy. And how long was he with the team and how big of a deal was it for him to kill his like people who were previously his friends? Or was he always this evil kind of character? Brian Q answered next and he said the film I'd like to see a novelization of is Reservoir Dogs. And that would be really cool. R really cool to know more about that. Like as the movie progresses and as they start to suspect each other, like what like what clues could there have been or what not even clues what what little things could someone have done to make someone else suspect them and what little nuances may have may have worked for people's advantage or disadvantage and then how did it all get to where the film was eventually going and while we all know how it eventually end what we don't know maybe there's stuff we didn't see like what what other ideas did Tarantino have that he had to cut because he realize that there just wasn't going to be enough time. So what ideas didn't even make it into the script? And that's why I think, of course, he would write this. And I think that'd be a really badass book. Let's get to Anne's answer. Anne said, before we go, this, uh, I've talked about this movie before as one of my new favorites. Uh, from 2014, it's a dramedy romance starring Chris Evans and Alice Eve. That was really cute, really well done. And I, I think you should you should give it a try if you haven't seen it. It's about this guy who's hanging out in, I believe, Grand Central Station or somewhere. And he sees this woman having a really hard time getting to where she's going. So he, confront, he confronts her going, hey, do you need help? And they spend the whole night basically trying to get her home because she has to get home before her husband returns from a trip. And what I like about it is no matter how you looked at it, because uh, when movies are even slightly open-ended, you usually have one of two options. You have the pessimistic and the optimistic. So basically, was the ending happy or sad? Or but not always full out sad, sometimes, you know, bittersweet. But if they did write a book about this, I would hope it would go into a little bit of the before, the lead up to before they met, and then to kind of what happens after. Because like I said, this is a little open-ended. And in this film, we follow them for the whole night. So there's not a lot of room for added scenes there. Maybe a couple uh, in some of the 
time jumps, but but this would be a good way to see what kind of ending we get. And for my answer, and my answer is Ghostbusters. Because I'd like to know more. I'd like to know more about the characters. Because if you watch the movie and actually pay attention, we don't know these characters very well. We only think we do because they are archetypes. They fit a certain mold. Peter Venkman is the funny, cool guy. Egon Spengler, super nerd. We have Winston, who's the, the guy who kind of seems out of his element, but is really reliable. And then we have Ray Stans, who kind of floats. If you notice, he kind of floats. Depending on who he's with, he can mold to be like them. If he's with Egon, he's a super geek. If, if, we, if he's with Peter, he could be a little funny. And when he's with Winston, like in that scene when they're talking about the end of the world, when they're driving back, and he kind of seems to be jiving with Winston... So I like to know the characters more, and then I like to more to know more about what happened during the montage, because both Ghostbusters movies have montages, you know, when their when their business starts picking up again because ghosts start showing up more and more. What happened then? What are all those cases about? And what I really, really want to know is if you remember when they go to that hotel and they charge him what was it, five thousand dollars? Okay, I Googled the script and it's and Peter says, now let's talk seriously. For the entrapment, we're going to have to ask you for four big ones, $4,000. But we're having a special this week on proton charging and the storage of the beast. And that's only going to come to $1,000. And then, you know, the manager says $5,000. I had no idea it would be so much. I won't pay it. And, you know, you know that scene. But my question is, do they charge everyone that price? Let's say some little old lady calls up, you know, who who's living off her retirement fund and says, you know, oh, I have this ghost in my house. I need you to take care of it. And they come over. Are they really going to gouge her for $5,000? I'd like to think not. In related news, keep an eye on the somewhat nerdy website for my blog where I discuss who the true bad guy of the first Ghostbusters movie is. So anyway, we need a new question of the week. So I'm just going to, like I said, repeat the one from last week that never got aired. So last week we had a documentary about great people. And in this documentary, they only inter uh, interviewed three people, Jerry Rice, Wayne Gretzky, and Pele. And I kind of joked that they didn't really get that many great people to do a whole documentary on greatness and how to be great. Though they picked three great ones, but still, can't, couldn't you get more? Couldn't you get at least one interview with Serena Williams? But anyway, my question of the week had been, and so I'm posing it again, who would you like to see interviewed in that documentary? So it doesn't have to be a sports star. If, you, if you're really into math, some great mathematician. If you, if you define greatness in a different way, then how do you define it and who would you put? So that's why I want to know, who would you want to see featured in a documentary about greatness? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for episode 112 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Let's get into the closing housekeeping and send you along your way. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app as well as the Some Underdue website. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. It doesn't take too long, and I would love five stars, please. And then leave a comment. Tell me what you think I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on. And then... How do you reach me? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And be sure to check out the other podcasts that I always talk about, the Somewhat Nerdy radio podcast, the Nerds of the Squared Circle, both of those on the Somewhat Nerdy podcast network, and also the Watch Your Mouth podcast, Great Friends of the Show. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. 
I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.